1: To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here's our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor.
2: Let's pray. Father, thank you so much. That's what you do, Lord. You bring new life to us. Thank you for the life that we have that's in Christ, Lord, we are crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, we live, yet not us, but Christ lives in us. Thank you for this truth that we've heard so beautifully sung, and now help us, Lord, as we look at the new life that you brought to Naomi Ruth, in Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you turn in Ruth to Ruth chapter 3, I thought you'd all forgot, you know, that we were really in the book of Ruth here. It's been a while, You know, Ruth has been calling out to me from the Bible, what about me, what about me? So here we are, okay, chapter three, Ruth chapter three. Everybody found it? It's there, (laughs) okay. Ruth chapter three, please follow along here, verse one, here we go. And then Naomi, her mother-in-law, said unto her, my daughter, shall I not seek rest for thee, that it may be well with thee? And now is not Boaz of, our kindred, Boaz of our kindred with whose maidens thou wast? Behold, he went with barley tonight in the threshing floor. Wash thyself therefore, anoint thee, put thy raiment upon thee, get thee down to the floor, but make not known thyself unto the man until he hath done eating and drinking. And it shall be when he lieth down that thou shalt mark the place where he shall lie, and thou shalt go in and uncover his feet. And lay thee down, and he will tell thee what thou shalt do. And she said unto her, All that thou sayest unto me I will do. She went down unto the floor and did according to all that her mother-in-law bade her. And when Boaz had eaten and drunk and his heart was merry, he went to lie down at the end of the heap of corn, and she came softly and uncovered his feet and laid her down. And it came to pass at midnight that the man was afraid and turned himself and behold, a woman lay at his feet. And she said, who art thou? And he said, who art thou? She answered, I am Ruth, thine handmaid. Spread therefore thy skirt over thine handmaid, for thou art a near kinsman. And he said, blessed be thou of the Lord, my daughter, for thou hast showed more kindness in the latter end than at the beginning, inasmuch as thou followest, not young men, whether poor or rich, but now, my daughter, my daughter, Fear not, I will do to thee all that thou requirest, for all the city of my people doth know that thou art a virtuous woman. And now it is true that I am thy near kinsman, Howbeit, there is a kinsman nearer than I. Tarry this night, and it shall be in the morning, that if he will perform unto thee the part of a kinsman, well, let him do the part of the kinsman. But if he will not do the part of a kinsman to thee, then I will do the part of a kinsman to thee, as the Lord liveth. Lie down until the morning. All right, now, our study in the book of Ruth has kind of narrowed down to three important persons. We're looking at Naomi, whose mother-in-law. We're looking at Ruth, the Moabitess. We're looking at Boaz, the near kinsman who has the right to marry Ruth and preserve the inheritance of her deceased husband. And this book has really been a journey, especially for Naomi and Ruth. It's a journey that's really gone gone from tragedy or it's going from tragedy to blessing. It's going from unbelief to belief. It's going from fear and anxiety to confidence and assurance. So this book is really for anyone who's experiencing tragedy or has experienced tragedy and has a heart cry for God to help his unbelief or for anyone who's fearful about the future and is plagued with anxiety. Now, I know that's no one in this room today, so I'm sorry this is not relevant, but (laughs) But what's going to happen here is that especially going to be our focus now on how to quiet anxiety. That's a focus. How to dispel fear of the unknown future. And I want to say that life now, as we're looking at it for Ruth, has kind of settled down a little bit. It's sort of settled down for both Ruth and Naomi, but there's just this kind of nice, in some sense, sense of normalcy at least. I mean, they may not have a lot of money, but things are stable, and they're kind of normalized out, and there's food, and there's a shelter. And so the pair have really kind of settled in to living in Bethlehem, where all of a sudden, Naomi, the Jewess, seems to disrupt it all. all right? and in verse 3, she says, Naomi, her mother-in-law, said unto her daughter, my daughter... Shall I not seek rest for thee, that it may be well with thee? And that was like, uh uh-oh. All right, here we see the heart of Naomi. Naomi, first of all, is identified, as you see here in verse 1, as Ruth's mother-in-law, which means that she wasn't her mother. She was not Ruth's mother. But Naomi pushes that barrier away, and she says to her, my daughter, she says, my daughter, my daughter. I mean, what a change, from Naomi, from chapter one, Naomi was doing everything to get rid of Ruth and Orpah, and now she's clinging to Ruth and she's loving Ruth as her own daughter. What a love that Naomi has for Ruth. And Naomi is expressing this love that she has for Ruth by saying, I'm seeking a rest for you, Ruth. Naomi sees that Ruth's heart needs a resting place. She identifies this. And Naomi is going to now seek a husband and seek for Ruth to have a home uh, with her husband. And Naomi doesn't, it's interesting, she doesn't say, she doesn't call it a husband that she's looking for or a home. Naomi calls the husband in the home simply by the word rest, rest. This has always been Naomi's burden. She wants this home of rest for her two widowed daughters-in-law, which was both Orpah and Ruth. And that was the reason, that was the reason why Naomi was sending them back initially into Moab and did not want them to come with her to Bethlehem. Remember in Ruth chapter one, verse nine, when she was sending them back, she was saying to them, Naomi was saying to Orpah and Ruth, she was saying to them, the Lord grant you that ye may find rest, each of you, in the house of her husband. Then she kissed them, and they lifted up their voice and wept. When Naomi said that she wanted them to find rest in the house of her husband, Naomi was saying, look, just because you get a husband, just because you get a home, that doesn't guarantee that you will find rest in the home of their husband. Did you see that today? Today on the video where Melody was saying, you know, i given the area of uh, husband and and marriage to the Lord. I thought I was never gonna be married and then the Lord brought her this wonderful man who was passionate for God. That's what Naomi is really talking about. Oh, how wise Naomi is. We can sit back and just admire her wisdom because it's the wisdom that's needed today. You know, people today, here's the common thinking. Oh, if I can just get married then all's going to be well and i'm going to be happy for the rest of my life i mean every couple that's getting married has these high hopes for you know utopia in the home you know i mean have you have you ever seen some two people getting married saying i don't think this is really going to work but i don't know <laughs> not, no they all got they all got great hopes great hopes but the reality is that over half of the marriages end in divorce and so really if you said to a couple, any couple getting married, well, you know, you're going to get divorced. They would say, no, not us, not us. So it's really important to know how to have a lasting marriage. You know, like the daughter of my Israeli friends, Avi and Tammy, in Jerusalem, when I was staying with them, they'd been married for over 30 years. And while I was with them, their daughter, who was living in Tel Aviv, called the mother. And after she got off the phone, she said, you know, my daughter just said, no, she said, how do you do it? And she says, How are you able to stay married for so long? Okay. But what is the key to staying married? I mean, many think that the key to staying married is just well, you gotta find the right person. You gotta find the right person. The key to staying married is you just gotta find the right person. But as someone has said, the key to staying married, the right people are two very good forgivers, all right? Or at least one exceptionally good forgiver. <laughs> You know, down at Takati, every year we look forward as a company down there to having our annual picnic. And it's a great day. I mean, it starts, I don't know, I think 8.30 in the morning. But the people start lining up at 6.30, you know, for the gate to open. It's in this nice person. People have a big home there and kind of like a park, actually, with a big swimming pool. And they're really into horses and they have a stadium, you know, fit the 2,000 people in the stadium there, and they do horse shows. It's a beautiful ranch, and they put on a two-hour horse show. It's really the treat, you know, this older couple. Well, uh, the couple, the older couple that uh, owns and runs the place there invited John from work, Deanna from work, and I to the celebration of their 70th wedding anniversary. Did you catch what I said? 70th. Okay, so John was with the wife, and and he said, uh, "Okay, so tell me, what's the key to staying married for seventy years?" You know. <laughs> and she told John. She says, "I'll tell you what the key is." She goes, "Every night we pray together, and every night we pray the same thing. And our prayer is that we will not both be mad at each other at the same time." <laughs> That's the key to staying married for seventy years. So, Naomi, in her wisdom, told her daughters-in-law really what the secret was. And she said it in verse, chapter one, verse nine. She said, The Lord grant you. The Lord grant you that you may find rest, each of you in the house of her husband. See, Naomi says, the key to finding happiness in the home is the Lord grant you. the, the key is the Lord grant you. What does that mean? The Lord grants what is asked, what he has asked for. It's all about prayer, prayer, prayer. That's how you get shalom in the home, is through prayer. So now, what we're seeing here in chapter three is Naomi taking the role of the matchmaker. And she directs Ruth to Boaz. She mentions Boaz. See, Ruth chapter three, verse two. Now is not Boaz of our kindred with whose maidens thou wast? All right, behold, he went with barley tonight on the threshing floor. I mean, no doubt. Boaz has visited the home of Naomi and Ruth. And Naomi has watched Boaz, and she's seen how Boaz admires Ruth. She's observed that. Now, there are barriers. There are barriers in the way that are standing in the way of Boaz and Ruth becoming married. And the chief barrier is that Boaz is the age of Eli Melech, which was Naomi's husband. Or in other words, he is old enough to be Ruth's father, which is why Boaz continually is addressing Ruth as daughter. Now, no problem for Naomi. She has that under control. Naomi has a lot of things under control. And so Naomi brings up the fact that he is a Goel. He is a kinsman redeemer. And here, what she's saying to Ruth is she's saying to Ruth, you know, in our country, sometimes you have to marry someone much older than you to fulfill the law of the kinsman redeemer. So Naomi said, is not Boaz of our kindred? she say, Boaz has an obligation to marry you, is what she's saying there. Now, Naomi moves now to remove this second barrier. There's another barrier, second barrier. And that barrier is Ruth Samoabitess. She's uh, the forbidden people. How can an Israelite marry a Moabitess? That was tried three times in the home already and ended in death, tragically. How can this happen, that an Israelite is gonna marry an inferior Moabitess? She felt that she was a Moabitess and she felt that she was inferior and she felt that she was therefore not good enough, not qualified to marry an Israelite. So Naomi now says to Ruth, now listen to me, Ruth, well, she doesn't put that in there. That's that's Tom's translation. <laughs> but uh, anyway, she said, and now is not Boaz of our kindred, now catch this, with whose maidens thou wast, with whose maidens thou wast. See, Naomi is saying to, to Ruth, 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 I want you to think about this, Ruth. Didn't Boaz put you among his maidens? Didn't he do that? And when Boaz said to her in the previous chapter, in chapter 2, verse 8, chapter 2, verse 8, then said Boaz unto Ruth, Hearest thou not, my daughter, go not to glean in another field, neither go from hence, but abide here fast by my maidens. Fast by my maidens. That was Ruth 2.8. So Naomi was saying, look, look, Ruth, he puts you with his maidens. That's it. That's it. He puts you with his maid. That's it. Your family. That's it. You're accepted. Mishpahah, you know, lansman or lanswoman, you know. <laughs> I mean, you know, she, what he was saying there was, consider yourself part of the family. That's what he said. That's what she was saying. Okay. So now that those two obstacles are removed, Naomi gets right on down to business. Ooh, boy, does she ever! And she says, and she's, now watch this scene. In verse two, she's saying. Behold, he winnoweth barley tonight in the threshing floor. And Ruth can say, How do you know this? (laughs) How do you know this? Well, Naomi would say, What, am I blind? I've been watching. You know, what do you think I do all day? Knit? (laughs) You know? (laughs) I watch. That's what I do. I watch. So Naomi says, Boaz is gonna be in the middle of these big heaps of grain tonight he'll be working hard, he'll be eating and he'll be drinking and then he's gonna go to sleep for a nice good sound sleep. Oh Boaz, you don't have a chance <laughs> You've been targeted you know by Naomi, you are dead meat now because Naomi has a plan. Naomi has a plan so that's how you want to color this that you want title of this verse Naomi has a plan now. She's got it all planned out. And you see that in verse three, three through four. Wow, does she ever. Ruth, wash yourself, wash thyself, anoint thee, put thy raiment upon thee, get thee down to the floor, make not thyself known to the man till he have done eating and drinking. It shall be when he lieth down. Thou shalt mark the place where he shall lie. And thou shalt go in, uncover his feet, lay thee down. He will tell you what, you, what thou shalt do. Now, it's not like Naomi said to Ruth, Ruth, why don't you think about fixing yourself up a little bit? You know? No, 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 no. For Naomi, Naomi's not asking Ruth. Since when does Naomi ask anybody? Anyway, Naomi's not asking Ruth. She's commanding Ruth. Ruth, she's saying, don't look and smell like you've been working in the fields, which you have. She said, Ruth, make yourself look good. Make yourself smell good. Anoint thee. It's gonna be dark. You might as well smell good, you know, she's saying. It also won't hurt if you look nice, you know. Put your raiment upon thee. Maybe in the moonlight he should see you. So you put on some nice clothes so he doesn't think he's seeing a ghost, you know. And take those widow clothes off, see? Because take those mourning clothes off, the clothes for your deceased husband. It's finished now. It's just ended. It's over now. You know, what do you want? Those widow clothes to continue to send the message that you're not available? So what Naomi was asking Ruth to do here was, I want you to see this. What Naomi was asking Ruth to do here was very difficult for Ruth. This was very difficult for Ruth. Ruth was a woman of virtue. Ruth was a woman of moral purity. Ruth was a woman who wanted to have no appearance of evil. And for Ruth to visit Boaz in the night was very hard for Ruth, just like it was hard for Esther, who we, the other woman we studied earlier. Esther was also a woman with high moral purity. And the hardest thing in the world for Esther was to leave her godly home with Mordecai and be brought into King Ahasuerus' harem. But Esther obeyed Mordecai who realized that she had been sent to be the king's wife for the purpose of saving the Jewish people from destruction which she did. And the great quality of Esther is stated in Esther 2:20 where Esther said where it says about Esther Esther had not yet showed her kindred nor her people, as Mordecai had charged her, for Esther did the commandment of Mordecai like as when she was brought up with him. So here's Ruth, she's just like Esther. And here's Naomi, she's just like Mordecai. I'm not gonna say Boaz is like (laughs) Hoshua, but anyway. (laughs) And now Naomi has ordered Ruth, you go against all your principles and you visit Boaz in the night. And just as Esther did the commandment of Mordecai and went to become part of the king's harem, so Ruth did the commandment of Naomi, as we see in verse five. And she said unto her, all that thou sayest unto me I will do. And it was very hard for Ruth. For Ruth to risk her womanly feelings of staying pure was like asking Ruth to die. Moreover, Ruth was not a demanding person. You know, Ruth was humble, She wasn't the type of person, I demand my right because you are the kinsman redeemer. That's not Ruth. So for Ruth to obey Naomi and and indirectly demand her rights to become the wife of Boaz because of the laws of the kinsman redeemer, that's not Ruth. That was very, very difficult for Ruth. But as painful as this was, she said in verse 5, all that thou sayest unto me, I will do. A great sacrifice on Ruth's part. Why did Ruth obey Naomi? Ruth obeyed Naomi because Ruth loved Naomi as her own mother. Why did Ruth obey Naomi? Ruth obeyed Naomi because Ruth had complete confidence in Naomi. And Ruth knew that Naomi would not do anything to harm her. Why did Ruth obey Naomi? Ruth obeyed Naomi because she wanted Naomi to rise up of the state of dishonor and poverty that they were both in. Ruth obeyed Naomi because Ruth loved Israel. Ruth loved Israel. She wanted to be used by God to build up Israel. I mean, she had no idea that in that desire that was going to be answered by becoming the great-grandmother of the King David, the greatest king Israel had. But she didn't know that. But she had that in her heart. She loved Israel. She loved the people. Your people shall be my people, she said. Now, Naomi tells Ruth the plan that after Ruth has made herself smell nice and made herself look nice, in verse 3, wash thyself, anoint thee, put thy raiment upon thee. It says, now, go down to the place where Boaz will lie down to sleep. Stay hidden. Stay hidden. So nobody sees you. No man should know a woman was there. Then wait until after the tired Boaz has eaten and drunk well, and watch carefully, Ruth. Watch carefully when he lies down for the good night's sleep. He goes, he's going to be alone when he lies down to sleep. And as soon as he's asleep, carefully and cautiously make your move. Verse 4 It shall be when he lieth down, and thou shalt mark the place where he shall lie, and thou shalt go in and uncover his feet, lay thee down, he'll tell thee. We can imagine Ruth saying, you want me to do what?
1: Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org.